0: For rocking with us Check it, check it Julie, kick off the show
1: Welcome to Crazy and the King Live from Portugal
0: Such a subtle Sultry Introduction What is going on? You are normally a bit more hyped I feed off of you And try to bring a little bit of that hype But you came in real Sachet stylish Like real cool you understand yeah
1: that's what vacation that
0: means, does to a girl yeah, that's what i'm talking about <laughs> we are gonna get to that because you well no see you are actually on a little bit more than a vacation we won't reveal all of it but you are in a beautiful the picture you sent was like incredible where was that uh, Can was, you tell us where that was?
1: Yep. Yep. Portimao. So it was a uh, Praia de Roca, which is the big beach here. And we got here today. Uh, so yeah, where's here?
0: Where, Where's where here? Say that again.
1: Portimao,
0: Portugal. Okay.
1: It's on the Southern coast and about the middle of Portugal.
0: Got it. Yeah. And there's a reason why you are there. And I think it's such a beautiful reason. You know, I was having this conversation with our dear friend Angie Veros. Mm -hmm. I love um, that you all can spread your wings and explore in this particular manner. Love Angie. Absolutely appreciate what she's over there trying to do. And I love that you are over in Portugal. Love that.
1: Yes. So for the next uh, four episodes, you'll hear me live from Portugal.
0: So in some particular way, maybe we can grab one of these passerbys and they can hit us with some of their, is it Spanish? Uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. See, look at me. I'm still (laughs) learning. I'm trying to learn. So like, is it a beautiful language? You know, how does it really flow? How does it sound?
1: It is. It's feels like a mix between French and Spanish, but it also has like a little bit of those harder edges that you get in like a, a Germanic language. So it's. It just feels like this really beautiful blend of languages and it's not too hard to pick up, but it's not easy to pick
0: up. Yeah. So I, I think the uh the interesting piece for me is, you know, whenever we look at these things, you said French and Spanish. It's just you know, the trail of colonization.
1: <laughs> well, Portuguese though, they were the original conquistadors. So like Vasco da Gama, right? So uh-huh. like they really led the way in terms of so much of the conquering of of North America in the first round. And then obviously we, we've changed hands a few times since then. But they were they were big explorers back in the day.
0: Big explorers. But so I mean did they really, really land where they say they landed? Because you know we've got some folks in history that Claimed to land someplace and didn't know where the hell they were. You Lord know?
1: Jesus, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we have now run out of my Portuguese history knowledge. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: it's all good. And we have an intern, so maybe we can challenge our intern to do a little bit of that research for us. But I am really happy that our team is coming together.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Obviously, we have Rudy and the team at Relic Labs who are doing our creatives when you're starting to see video and audiograms on our social. That's all thanks to Rudy. Uh, DJ Sells, of course, who's been doing our production now for a little over a year.
0: And And oh, are we about to challenge him? Let me tell you. (laughs) So listeners, let me tell you right now, we really want to hear from you because this is like our first episode where we are going to make our producer work a little bit more like we got it's going to be fun like I I expected to have a couple of bumps along the way because we're trying out a new formula a new format but I trust him I know that I know that he can do it and he's up for the task
1: oh yeah it's going to be awesome so then the newest member of the team is Elizabeth Liz Liz she is joining us as an intern and really um, challenging me and challenging in the way that we're thinking about stories. And the questions she asks are amazing. And um, she's helping us pick out some of that, those little nuggets of gold, I guess I would call them, that Rudy and his team are helping us to put together. So she's she's kind of rounded us out completely.
0: And you know, the joy I like in that is uh, I, the, the joy that I have in Elizabeth being Part of the team is her youthfulness and her connectedness to this conversation, her chase for more, her desire to not just curate and put the the content together. But I think, as you said, she's challenging you. She's challenging me. She's sharing stories. She's bringing to our attention um, articles that we would have missed, but they absolutely fit inside of the Crazy in the King agenda.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. Last thing I'll say, she's just really adept at starting to pick up on some things we've been talking about with universal design that I'll start to bring into the conversation over the next few weeks. The way that she's picturing it is so simple, and, yeah. and that's it's really fun. So, welcome Elizabeth to the team.
0: Absolutely, welcome. Mutiny on deck! Um, look, I thought I saw this right here, and I was like, if my kings were in China right now, we'd absolutely have a mutiny in the ellis household so in china they put a three-hour weekly time limit on kids video gaming kids under 18 can only play video games from 8 to 9 p.m on friday saturday and sunday
1: uh yes and how it's regulated is through the company. So if you log on to your Nintendo or your Switch or whatever the hell you use, um, it will only let you log in for one hour. One hour. One hour.
0: Man, let me tell you something that's really funny. When we were growing up, Julie, I used to play, um, do you remember the game Galactica? Oh, God, yeah. I think that was. I think that's the proper name of it, where the spaceships would come down and then they'd go back up and sit at the top.
1: Yes, I think so. So
0: I, I think I shared this with you before. We used to put a quarter in that game. We were so good at that game that we could play for hours. Now, before we got good at it, we would chew a straw, a drinking straw out of a soda. And the <laughs> owner of the store was always wondering why you are always, always, always purchasing a soda. But you have a hand. Full of straws because we would chew the straw and we would slide it down in the little slot oh. so that it would hit the little lever and it would think that a quarter was being dropped. Man, we would stay back there and play that game for hours. If my sons were regulated on how long they could be on a video game, I'm telling you, they would probably flatten my tires.
1: Well, it's not you, it's the government. Dad, dad's got nothing on that.
0: Yeah, well, you're right. But they'd still probably go out. <laughs> they'd go That's right fair. in the garage and flatten. They'll fl- actually, I think they'd flatten the tires of all of the vehicles in the garage. <laughs> uh, you remember Theranos? Um, that company started by the 19-year-old Elizabeth Holmes. You remember Theranos?
1: Oh, yes. And a huge, huge scandal. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she actually uh, goes to court this week. Um, and her defense is that she was going to, her defense is something to the uh, to the tune of she was being sexually harassed or I think she was being uh, ill propositioned by the COO of the company. So she's going to kind of pit herself against one of her other executives. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You remember how much, man, she got a lot of money.
1: A lot of money. 700
0: million dollars from investors like a bunch of money
1: yep to do um blood tests right with with the finger sticks. yes yeah and they didn't pull it off obviously there's a whole bunch of scandal and now she's gonna go back so you know we'll have to watch that but what a hot half Yeah,
0: us. I, you know i wonder i wonder if in the end she'll end up she'll end up serving any jail time or if she'll be able to get away with the crocodile tears that um, so often are seen from
1: rich people don't go to go to jail in in America. I'm sorry, but rich people don't go to jail. They just buy their fucking way out of that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wait a minute. All right. So I think a friendly wager is due. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't we $25 gift card? Okay. Why don't we do a $25 gift card to, uh, one of the coffee shops, I think that she's going to go to jail, so okay. that's that's going to be my bet.
1: I think okay? she will not go to jail.
0: Okay, so there we
1: all go. Right. $25, listener, it is
0: listeners. You all heard it. And speaking of money, um, the long term stock exchange is welcoming Asana and Twilio as two of their newest members. Now, I don't know if you as a listener. Were familiar with the Long Term Stock Exchange. I know that I wasn't, uh, but the Long Term Stock Exchange is a U.S. national securities and exchange focused on building shared value for generations to come. Like in many ways, it's what the uh, the Business Roundtable said was imp- said what was important a couple of years ago. That the Business Roundtable said we should yep. be focused on stakeholders and not primarily focused on shareholders. shareholders. And that's what the New York, uh, I'm sorry, the long-term stock exchange is looking to focus on.
1: Yeah. I'm going to check this out. I'm, I'm a big trader, options, securities geek, um, have been for probably like 20 years. And this is something that's new to me. So I will go check this out. And I like Asana and I like Twilio. So, I mean, it seems like it's worth uh, checking out.
0: Yeah, I like both of them as well. The uh, CEO of the long term stock exchange, Mr. Eric Rise. uh, He is also the author of The Lean Startup. You might recognize that title. He says that the mission there is to enable the next generation of bold, visionary companies to thrive, that each tool is something that we choose to invest in, to create ecosystem reform, a fundamental part of their mission. So I'm absolutely rooting for them. You all can go check out the long-term stock exchange, but don't do that until you listen to this ad break.
2: You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: All right, so part of my trip now to Portugal is really because Chad and I are empty nesters, right? We're, we're enjoying sort of this next session of our life. So it's been a minute since we had to worry about things like babysitters and childcare and being able to get to work because our kids are taken care of. How
0: about you? Well, I mean, I'm going to say it has been a minute for me as well. I mean, because when I think about childcare, I think about that up until it's time for them to go to preschool and then to, to kindergarten. And so, you know, now that mine are out of school, in college, or, you know, two more years left of high school, it, it absolutely has been a minute. But I got to tell you, it hasn't been that long that I've forgotten how expensive it is to take care of children like it absolutely is expensive
1: yeah my first uh first job out of college i made twenty one thousand dollars a year it hasn't been that long and the cost to send my one child at that point was well more than i made in a year to send to a proper daycare in the united states i could have just not worked
0: and, and some say that it's a crumbling system that you know Honestly, we can't really support this system, and, and it's an extremely large system. It's one that is valued in, in some estimates at $47.2 billion. But I wanna talk about that, but I wanna hear just a bit of a note from someone who's in the space.
2: America's fragile care system was thrust into the national spotlight last year.
0: Daycares across the state are closing its doors because of the coronavirus.
2: Forcing parents to scramble and driving millions of women out of the workforce. Today, as the country emerges from the pandemic with businesses and the economy roaring back to life, the same can't be said for the childcare industry. And now many parents who want to go back to work are faced with a new problem, a childcare shortage.
0: So, again, the industry is, is, as they say, $47.2 billion and, and in many ways growing. And it's actually categorized as being, you know, extremely expensive for parents employing low paid workers, which on average are making about $12 per hour and low margins for the providers. So that really is a concoction for. Calamity—that's a concoction for, for failure. In many ways, it, it reminds you of the conversation around student loan debt. It reminds you of the conversations that we have around healthcare. Two topics that we could absolutely tackle here on Crazy and the King, but we'll stay focused on on child care. And so, when I think about you know the child care issue, the reason why I brought this up, Julie, is because if we're going to be talking about return to work uh, considerations. If we're going to explore how do we put together better benefit packages for the women inside of our workplace, for the families inside of our workplace, for single parents inside of our workplace, for men that are the sole provider uh, uh, inside of our workplace. If we're going to talk about putting these packages in, um, these incentives and benefits together for the people that we say we care about, the people that help our organizations hit the bottom line, then I don't think we're being fair if we're not in every single conversation considering the ramifications of childcare.
1: Yeah. And I would say that this is, we could take it plus one step, right? Because it's not just child care, it's caregivers. And so there are people who are, a sandwich generation who had childcare needs, who have elder care needs, who have um, children and family members with disabilities, who face the exact same challenges that working parents do and are not thought of collectively when we think about building a benefit program for our, our employees, but also what do we build in terms of infrastructure of what's good for our country, right, universal pre-K, all of those kind of things could take some, some structural pain off of parents and companies, but we might need to pay a little more taxes for it, right? So there's like so many trade-offs and there's so many kind of plus one scenarios that, I, that the, the pool of people that are impacted are much, much bigger than just parents.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And I think about what the pandemic has done. Of course, there was no boundary for the pandemic. You know, we I looked at stories where they interviewed and talked to people in Oregon, some stories talked to people down in Texas, others talked to folks in Colorado and in Utah and in New York City where we know things are absolutely through the roof. One of the stats that I pulled out, it said in Pennsylvania they've lost nearly 1200 child or daycare facilities that in that 1200 number a large percentage of them have closed temporarily and a larger percentage have closed for good like good i think the number out of that 1200 is like 800 of them have closed for good and so it raises you know that that legislation that the Biden administration passed earlier this year back in i believe it was march and it was called the uh the family plan, the American Families Plan. Did, did you remember seeing some stuff about that in the, uh, the stimulus package?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I am a huge fan of the Families Plan A because it helped to raise, I think it was 20 million children out of poverty by testing uh-huh. some, some basic universal income um, for parents, um, proposed increased wages for childcare staff. And what is going to be critically important for our future in terms of, especially as we think about skill and wage gap, is that universal pre-K.
0: Yeah, that universal pre-K is extremely important. And just for those of you who are not familiar, the American Families plan is an investment in our children and our families. It's really about helping families to cover those basic expenses that so many people struggle with. Uh, Julie actually did a great job of adding the plus one when we talked about the caregivers, and so we really are looking at the larger definition of family. It's talking about lowering health insurance premiums and making sure that we continue you know, the rescue, our coming out of the pandemic. We have a long way to go.
2: But in today's world, many parents do need childcare and demand exceeds supply. Childcare programs are really struggling and finding staff. Nationwide, the childcare industry has suffered a loss of 20% of its workforce since the pandemic. One of the hardest hit states, Oregon. 24-year-old Olivia Pace of Portland lost her job at a childcare center in March of 2020. Most of us got laid off. Most people didn't go back or have
0: gone back and then left since then. But... Administration officials, they really did cast a plan as investing in an inclusive economy. And that inclusive economy really signals and harkens back to the conversations that Julie and I have each and every week around inclusion. How is it that we are going to bring more individuals into the workforce, especially people that want to be in the workforce? I actually did a podcast earlier this week. Um did a podcast earlier this week, and I said, you know, I used the example of it's it's one thing to consider a person with the same exact resume, same exact uh, professional profile, professional pedigree. All of that is exactly the same, except for one of them is able to hop in their Tesla and commute ten minutes to work while another may be a single parent, single mother living in an apartment, no uh, personal transportation, has to wake up in the morning at 3, 4 in the morning so that they can get their child to a daycare, childcare facility, then get back on public transportation so that they can make it to the office in time by 8 or 9 a.m. It really is a different conversation. It doesn't mean that either one of them is less than the other, it means that one of them has a different set of circumstances and conditions that have to be addressed real time every single day in order for them to be able to be productive inside of the workplace. So I'm glad that the administration is really looking at how do we take care of families, not just infrastructure, roads, highways, bridges, but that we really are looking at that nucleus, that family nucleus. Yeah, the,
1: the, I mean, the most important asset that a company has, the most important asset that we have as a country, are our people. And we cannot continue to think of physical infrastructure as the most important infrastructure. It is incredibly important. It is critically important. But it doesn't matter if there are nice roads, if if parents can't get to work, because they don't have the ability to have someone care for their child, especially when The basic requirement in this country is that to live financially stably at all, both parents have to work.
0: Yeah, and the spark for all of this conversation was because I read a story from my dear friend over at Fortune, Maria Aspen, uh, and if you are not a person who follows the work of Maria, she is wonderful. She does some incredible reporting, always puts together some very detailed stories, and this one came out August 23rd. It's a little old, but it still is important, and the title of it is Big Day Care, The Solution to America's Child Care Woes. Or is it risky to mix profits and toddlers? And we won't go into the entire story, but it's well, um, it's well documented, if you will. It's put together extremely well. And really what Maria is getting at in the, the story is, should we be relying on these large public um, companies that are in, in some instances on the stock exchange? Should we be relying on them as they are gobbling up Um, smaller daycare, child care facilities. They're able to, to, I guess, withstand the pandemic because they have so many uh, locations all around um, the country. It's almost like that big retailer, we won't call any names, that when they come to town, a lot of people are upset that they've come to town. Yep. And so that's really what Maria is asking in the story. And it caused me to think about, you know, how is it that we have a different conversation in our workplaces and include the component of childcare?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and knowing that, again, monopolies drive down wages. They drive down competition. So there are tons and tons of challenges that go into this. And we really need a focused and detailed response that is a mix of corporate America, our communities and our government.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Last thing that I'll say about this story, and we really want you all to be thinking about it, if you're not raising the issue or if it's not being discussed in your workplace, we want you to raise the issue. We want you to add it to the discussion topic. We want you to add it to the all-hands meeting. We want you to set some time with your HR team to find out what can be done to expand the benefits package. But the last thing that I'll share about this is that working moms last year spent, on average, eight hours a day, taking care of their child and then another six hours or so a day during their work. So I know the moms were tired, but the reason I raised that is because nowhere in the story did it talk about the, the fathers or the men. And, and the likelihood know- is
1: that the the women actually worked 10 hours a day and took kids of care of kids for eight hours a day. Like I think that's probably a gross underestimate of the amount of work that that women did while they took care of their children.
0: You think so? You think you think it was actually long, uh, much uh, more involved in that?
1: So I'm going to say it's just like the, the woman. A woman won't apply for a job until she has all of the skills, until she's overqualified. A man will apply for a job like he's got 10 percent. Right. I, I think as women, we tend to sell ourselves short of what's actually been accomplished and what we've actually been doing because we're harder, harder on ourselves. So yeah, my guess is that number is grossly uninflated or underinflated.
0: Well take us Inflated. into our next segment. Take us in there.
1: All right. So her voice, loving, loving this segment, just amplifying women who are making moves, who are doing the stuff, not just D and I, right? But they're making money moves, they're doing All of the stuff that shows what a woman, what women who are in leadership, who have that passion, who have that drive, who have that opportunity, because they have access to childcare and all the things that they need to do to be successful in these organizations. So, who we? Yeah, we don't have a sponsor
0: yet. Yeah, we don't have a sponsor yet either. So let's not rush past that part. We absolutely want you know somebody out there. So step up if you are a listener. Uh, and you have access to marketing budget, you can make some things happen in your organization, we want to shout you out. We want to shout you out as being an, uh, an organization that completely, totally supports you know women being in the workplace, women achieving and ascending inside of the workplace, the type of women that we cover in uh, our Her Voice segment. First person that we have this week is uh, from PagerDuty. PageDuty is a global leader in digital operations management, and they actually appointed their very first CDO, their first chief diversity officer, and it's a person by the name of Roshan Kindred. And when I saw her name, I don't know who Roshan Kindred is, but it made me think about Kindred and the family soul. Are you familiar with that group? Mm-mm, no. Okay, Listen so you 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 were probably at the top of the list of of my women making moves this week because anybody who can can um, uh, let their win let their sale uh, stay open for five weeks I think that's a beautiful thing you are absolutely making moves but you you have some downtime you're you are working I I get it you are working but when you find a moment and you want some tunes I want you to Google or bring up on your uh, your playlist kindred and the family soul. Who else do we have?
1: Uh, so, one, I'm super excited about CVS, CVS Health, led by their CEO, Karen Lynch, is introducing mental health services like counseling at their retail stores.
0: Absolutely a gem. Have a listen.
2: Um, You know, clearly the pandemic has shed a new light on the connection between health and uh, health in the communities and our personal health. And quite frankly, we can't ignore it. You know, if you think about some of the learnings that we had in that study, you know, before COVID-19, approximately one in four Americans had a mental health issue or a substance use disorder. That number could increase by over 50% if there's no intervention.
0: And then last but not least, uh, Angela Benton. She is the founder of Streamlytics and she announced something called Culture, spelt a little bit differently. It's C-L-T-U-R-E culture uh, and it really is to help It's a platform that helps black consumers get paid for what and how they stream So Angela Benton and Angela has been uh, in the tech space for quite some time um, when she I first learned of Angela Benton when Soledad O'Brien did her special, Almost a decade ago now, it probably was a little more than a decade ago, and I can't even remember the name of it, but it was about being in technology in America, being black in technology in America. And that's when I first learned of Angela Benton. So shout out to all of the women in our Her Voices segment. We'd love for you to be a sponsor. Make sure that you get in touch with us on social media. Hit us on one of the platforms. We will absolutely, absolutely do our best to highlight your organization. So let's take it home. Life is too short not to be true to who you are and what you need. That was said by actor Rachel Lee Cook, who's now on the Netflix show, She's All that it's a remake of he's all that quick mention this week is how to be an ally summit we've been telling you about it for the last several months it's by our good friend deanna Singh. the how to be an ally summit is approaching in october we have a special discount code look it up just go find the how to be an ally summit and if you use the discount code c-a-t-k ally one zero Again, the discount code is CATKALLY10. one
1: All right, so name drops for this week. Uh, again, August 31st, the last U.S. soldier left Afghanistan, so just within the last 48 hours. So a name drop and a thank you to all of our veterans who served in America's longest war. Thank you for your service. Look forward to getting you back to work and, and back into um, providing for your families and, and growing that next chapter of your life.
0: And my name drop is Miss Tangi Pettis. We call her Tangi Recruiter on Twitter. Tangi Recruiter, T-A-N-G-I-E, for the work that she is doing over there with SourceCon. And and I'm telling you, I was let me let me go to Twitter real quick because when I saw this, um, it was a it's a DNI calendar. And I thought the DNI calendar was awesome. And when I saw it, I said, I got to make sure we shout out Daya. I think her name is pronounced Daya Khanna. Daya Khanna, K H A N N A. But you can find her on Twitter at DKHanna80. D K H A N N 8. Zero. She's a DNI um, aficionado over at Amazon. She put together a diversity and inclusion calendar. It's a shared document, but it highlights a number, a number of incredible um, dates that we should all have on our corporate celebration calendar. So we appreciate both of you. We appreciate all of you. Um, so you, listen. I know where you are. Um, I'm just gonna say. Hurricane Ida impacted millions this week. And we absolutely uh, just remember how important it is for us to be connected, for us to, to be thoughtful of what other people, what other individuals and families are going through. So for the millions of people down in Louisiana, for those that have been impacted by Afghanistan, for the folks down in Haiti that are still Uh, trying to make their way back after um, their natural disaster. We just want you to know that Julie and I at Crazy in the King, we are thinking about each and every one of you. Uh, Any big plans for you as you round out the rest of this week?
1: I'm going to hang out at the beach. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Pretty boring. I love that. I close reminding each and every one of you to share the pod with your digital tribe, your social tribe, your friends. Let's grow our listenership. Let's make sure that when we are in our Zoom meetings and our corporate quarters, thinking about going back to work in our commute, that we are always thinking about building better teams and being better humans. We want to create better workplaces. That's all Julie and I care about. How do we curate better workplaces? For now, Jay and I are ghosts. See ya.